Welcome to Off Trail with Erie Metro Parks. My name is Mike Hensley, and today's episode is all about combating the winter blues. All right, everybody. So today we're talking about how we would kind of combat or attack winter. I know you guys hate winter. Ugh, yeah. Melissa, we don't even have to talk about how you feel because there's been multiple episodes where you have expressed your distaste for winter. Cheryl usually just gives me like a, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> or it's just, if it wasn't cold, I think if, if honestly, if Cheryl could be warm and the snow, like, and didn't have to that's, drive in the snow, I think she'd be perfectly fine. That's true. I, I think I don't like the winter. It's because of driving in the snow. Like, I love driving in the snow. I love driving oh, in the snow here. The First worst. off, I grew up in mountains, and that's terrifying. Here, it's just it's like, flat. what's the big deal? It's not. It's not a big deal. Driving here is yeah. like cake. I mean, you do have to worry about people who, are, other people who are bad yeah. drivers, but you don't have to worry about. I'm good. I'm confident. That's how I learned how to drive was in the snow. The only Me good too. thing about winter is snow. <laughs> <laughs> it makes things pretty outside. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I am a general appreciator of all seasons just because I know they're necessary in terms of biology and the way the ecosystem works, especially here, but non nerdy Mike style. I love winter. Yeah. When I retire, <laughs> like if climate change continues and I have to move further North, I am perfectly fine with that. Oh my gosh. I just oh. told my husband, just told him in the last couple of weeks that if I live to see retirement, I think I might have to go somewhere where the sun shines more. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I also uh-huh. f- forgot to mention on this episode, um, our deputy director Hi. is Melissa Price, and she's here hanging out with us today. There's um, two Melissas. This could get confusing. Is. I it's invited confusing. her here um, because she's an excellent talker. I, I do love to talk <laughs> <laughs> and I do love to get out of my yeah. office. Um, so. so yes, thank you for having me. And we love having you and we love talking with you. Um, and I'm excited about this episode because there are a lot of things that I do personally and a lot of things that the interweb has um, helped us out with. Hopefully you guys can get out and do, um, especially in terms of we're experts at nature. Uh, we're experts at naturing. And well, I'm, I'm <laughs> we not, help you. but I do, I do enjoy aspects of it <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still learning. So, so are we, yeah, yes, we are nature. So I want, this is an opinion question. So everyone's opinion on who is the culprit for why people get the winter blues. Melissa, who, what, what Hi. factor of nature is it? Is it the cold? What do you think it is? The lack of sunshine. Melissa says this with such power because Melissa is solar powered. <laughs> Melissa Bauman is solar powered. We've decided this. I think Melissa Price might be too. I have to yeah. be out in the sun. As a matter of fact, when we had like a couple weeks ago, I had COVID and every single day was gray. I would open my blinds and look out and I'm like, it's another gray COVID day. And as soon as the sun came out, I was outside. I bundled up and I sat on my porch, <laughs> bundled up so the sun could shine on my yeah. face. Honestly, like, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I am I am a very jolly person, not just because it's Christmas time. But for me, um, I am usually a really happy person. Not a lot of things can get me down. But this year with the gloom of uh-huh. winter and the whole way the year has gone, man, I have had a few times where I've been like... 
Yeah. Like, yeah. I told my family the same. Yes. Has it been extra gloomy this year or is it just because I think it's, it's the two COVID factors. I think the two factors together, like, you know, and then there's the general sense of, okay, now we're going into flu season. So yeah. I think just everything, it's just been like a, like a four way intersection and there has just been a, <laughs> everything kind of tried to go at the same time and it just didn't work out. Yeah. I'm with you, Mike. I'm usually <laughs> annoyingly optimistic and, <laughs> I have been fighting, you know, feeling sad uh-huh. this winter. And I think it's a combination of, you know, the distancing and COVID and on top of I'm normally fighting a little bit of the blues in the winter <laughs> anyway. I yeah. think like M- M- Melissa said, what due to like maybe lack of vitamin D or no sunshine. What do you think it is, Cheryl? Because they both think vitamin D is a big culprit. I agree with them sunshine we need it well you guys are all absolutely right (laughs) (laughs) so what it is is your like we all need vitamin d um i have my dad actually um used to battle seasonal depression and he would take this it was a colossal vitamin d pill like Mm. i'm talking like it it helped it like he only had to take one every six months but he only had to take it like right before winter started colossal vitamin d pill and like just that that helped them through the winter okay so what you're telling me that would surprise me is vitamin d must stay in our system like vitamin c doesn't right so you got to take that more often but you're what you're describing is it must vitamin d leaves your system after a while um and you're constantly bringing it in through that intake of sunlight so we're not photosynthetic like a plant would be we're not bringing in food we're bringing in the vitamin d to give ourselves um you know basically happy thoughts the way it works is natural light um, can cause a lot of imbalances in your body and obviously drops in serotonin levels which um, they regulate your mood so your lack of vitamin d will decrease your serotonin and then you're sad and gloomy um, so bad at all. So, but it, a big reason why we have we struggle with vitamin D is not only because in the winter the days are shorter. It's because we're bundled up, so you need to like go outside and like take your coat off because you know that's the first thing we want to do in Ohio in the winter, right? <laughs> 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 and get it on like your arms and your chest and your face in order to absorb it better. But I mean, honestly, in order to get like real vitamin D, you have to be outside for hours mm-hmm. and nobody does that anymore we used to but now we don't yeah but in the summertime you do you don't need as much because the sun is obviously in a different position and it's also a lot stronger less clouds um you know and you know that all that is a big factor you know the way we're shifted right now um obviously we get way less sun and it doesn't peak at the same location yeah so and then you have to deal with all the clouds and all the other factors and then if you add like gloomy rain Snow oh. actually makes you a little bit happier because it's pretty. you do get some of that vitamin D because when that sunlight does get through in the clouds, it kind of bounces off the snow and kind of helps you a little bit. It's not very much. It's a very, very small amount, but it's still, and it's prettier than muck and mud. mud. Well, <laughs> we, cold go, mud oh, that, yeah. we go from winter up here into a wet, muddy spring. Mm-hmm. So I'm combating 
honestly, you know, like the winter blues, even in early spring, because I'm always waiting for the warm and the sun and we get a little warmer, but we don't, we don't get, you know, right. It's just rain. Right? It's just rain. It's just you rain. wish it was snow, but it's just rain. It's just rain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I would like winter better if we didn't have the grossness that yeah. we did. When like I moved it, here, I had the 100% thought in my brain that I was going to get some gnarly lake effect snow. And I was tricked. <laughs> and that ominous laugh over there, I was tricked. Um, when I got here, I honestly, where I was at before, obviously I'd never, um, when I lived in Maryland, I had done a little bit of the wind, um, but not as an adult. So like I got here and I was wearing shorts like one of my first days and it was April. <laughs> Mind you, my first day driving to work, it was snowing. Yeah. <laughs> so April 16th and it was snowing. I was like, what did I do? Right. I made a mistake. <laughs> and then I, I rolled in in shorts and I'll never forget our natural resource manager, Tara said, yeah, that ain't gonna fly here. She's like, you're crazy. And then I hit the wind and I was like, she's right. I was like, no. <laughs> so I remember you talking about that you wear shorts all winter. And I'm like, not no mo. Uh, uh, no, no, you don't. I went not from like here. three mile an hour winds to like 40. And I'm like, this is got me. can't do this. I won't have legs. I'll go frostbit. <laughs> yeah. So, um, as I'd mentioned the serotonin levels, um, it disrupts your internal clock, obviously, um, you know, less sunlight. Um, but your circadian rhythm is very important. Um, not only to your overall health, but your sleep cycle. So mine is constantly, um, messed up, whether it's my children or my general anxiety, but <laughs> all of those things affect your health too. And if these things aren't aligned properly, then you're going to, it's going to be a, a tougher winter for you. So do you think that we produce more melatonin in the winter? Less because I was, that was my next point. Oh. Produce less. We produce less. Yep. That Why? surprises me because I it's, get so sleepy. It's dark. I know. So I think with the, the combination of lack of vitamin D, lack of serotonin levels and your circadian rhythm being thrown off, I'm pretty yeah. sure that your melatonin um, might not release as frequent um, and might and why are be we depleted. So sleepy? Well, because like there is some research. I, I didn't fully read the article. I read about half of it, but there is some research that's showing that early Neanderthals may have hibernated. <gasps> so I have to pull the article for you guys and show you. But I, like I said, I'm not going to speak word for word on or tell you that it's fact because I have not read the full article. I got I have caught up. I always said else. I need to hibernate in the winter. Well, right? I was going to say, so, I don't think it's just Neanderthals. I'm all good with that right now. I, I could honestly, hibernate in the winter. Honestly, it wouldn't be like a full hibernation <laughs> like you would think of for like, um, you know, bad or something like that. It would obviously be more of a like you wake up and you eat a little bit. And, and most What's hibernation. What's the word? Why can't I think of it? Um, yep. Now I'm drawing a blank. I just did a program I'm on pregnant, this two weeks but, ago. Uh, how many birds do it no it's not bromation because yeah. that's it. it's it's not bromation because that is reptiles and amphibians nope it's two words i want to say it starts with a d uh, dipause is that what it is mm. no that's something no. completely different that's insects anyway yeah <laughs> if we'll you figure think it of out it. come back yeah um but anyway so all of those factors i think are 
important to our levels not being correct. And that messes up your overall mood because if you're not happy, you're not going to be like, let's go outside and have fun. I really like, like the idea of sleeping, getting up to eat, and then waking up when it's spring. Is anybody else on board with that? I could do that. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> no, yes. I cannot do that. Um, no, Mike would die. Yeah. I know. So I'm in. In, in terms of I got it. In, it's torpor. Torpor. T-O-R-P-O-R. Yes. Torpor. Yes. Okay. So, it, and when you're high, like, we would have to obviously get up and eat a little bit at some point. Just our metabolism doesn't work that way. So for most animals that do hibernate, they're waking up in cycles, like eating a little bit. And they, the Neanderthals, I'm assuming in this article, probably did it because of lack of food. So, or lack of resources that they would need to survive. Hmm, Just like all the mammals and things yeah. that we know of now that do that. So we wanted to help you guys try to figure out what can you do in terms of nature or with your family or what we do with our family and what we do in nature uh, to try to combat the winter blues. So I'm excited because I have a whole list of things that you can do. <laughs> but first, we're going to hear from everybody else and um, kind of see what you guys think and would be awesome to do with your family. So first, we'll start off with Mel P because Ooh. you're our guest. Thank you. <laughs> I have to tell you, um, I actually asked my family last night, and just so our listeners know, I've got teenagers, teenage daughters, what do we do as a family to combat the winter blues? And I, I tell I, we, we none of us answered the same. How can that be? We're a family unit, right? But That's kind of cool, though. That is the one thing we all agreed on was getting outside, and even when we don't feel like it. So we've got dogs. We can take our dogs for a walk. Certainly, when it's snowing, we bundle up. We go out. There's something about I don't know what it is even on a gray day, like breathing in the the, the fresh air. And I, I don't even know, but we try to do a little walk every single day. Yeah. That's I, good. It doesn't even have to be. I mean, when I was overcoming COVID, um, I did have some of those breathing issues. But as soon as I could w just walk to the end of my driveway and back, I, I did it. And I was yeah. thrilled. I was just thrilled to be outside <laughs> yeah. and just breathe in the cold, crisp air. Well, so. and, you know, just simply forcing yourself outside is one of those things that they recommend very heavily in terms Ooh. of doctors and psychologists. Oh. Like, you know, even if you don't want to, like, force yourself to get up and walk outside and breathe some fresh air, like Melissa said. And, you know, you don't have to spend two hours outside. Um, you don't have to go on a two-mile walk. You don't have to go on a mile walk. It's just something like walk to your mailbox. Walk to your, Just get outside and make yourself, force yourself to be active because that's an easy way um, to kind of separate yourself from, okay, now I have to go back into this box, a.k.a. your home, and I'm stuck there because there's mm -hmm. nothing else to do. So, excellent. I have a question. Question. Why? Okay. So everybody always says like having to force yourself to go outside. Like what is that roadblock that most people, or what do you guys have I, that as that it's roadblock? The, it's that, because when, when it's like 15 degrees and the wind's blowing and yeah, I'm, I love, I love the cold and I love outside, but I don't love that. Right. So that can be tough. And if you're, if you are battling some type of winter blues or seasonal depression or something, it's probably tough for you to be like, oh, man, I'm going to get up and I'm going outside right now. Like, 
that, yeah. that might be tough. Yeah. I mean, what do you all know? Like, what happens biologically when we do get go outside? Then I want. Does that increase our serotonin to just even get up and move? I I, I would know. imagine you're you're not going to get a, a lot of vitamin D, but you're going to get some. Yeah. Just a, uh-huh. it yeah. Might be a microscopic amount compared to like Melissa said, jack it off, letting your skin really soak it in, cloud cover, whatever. But you're still getting some of that you know, what you need and you're, you're doing something different than what you've been doing, I think, yeah. which is, is also important. So, um, what was your second thing? Did you have anything else? Oh, th- the second thing we could, we couldn't agree on, but the one thing <laughs> I know we do is we play board games because what, what I've noticed, Cute. and especially with teenagers, we, we want to isolate and there's something about isolating in addition to the cold and the dark that is super bad. There's something about community. And because COVID is kind of kind of poo-pooed on that, we've really got back to playing board games. Nice. Um, I, our favorite, well, is we... Uh, and it gets vicious. It's, it's <laughs> Uno. Uno. Uno gets oh, vicious. I love Uno. So that's Nobody likes getting favorite. a draw four card. Like, I don't care how old you are. My four-year-old daughter, when she gets a draw four, like, I can see the hatred from me. Yeah, there's eyes. hatred. There's hatred. <laughs> and, and then my girls had the stack where you could create your own card. <gasps> And oh. there's worse than draw fours. Like, I mean, there's just, like draw eights. There's one of like, them made a draw oh. 20, didn't they? And one of them it was <laughs> switch. You can switch with anybody. So I've been down to a card before. And you have to switch the whole hand? And switch the <gasps> whole hand. Oh, your daughters are super <laughs> vicious. I can't wait till my kids are old enough to play like oh, no. legit board games. Because like my wife and I, pre-kids, were like board game masters, like Settlers of Catan, like... <laughs> We have these bird games we play, like, Love it. and basically since they've been around, we haven't really played them because they got tiny little parts and stuff like that. So, I'm, and then I'm jealous of you. <laughs> I, well, like, we started with Candyland at the age your Ooh. kids are, and I bowed to them. I will admit it. I if they got upset about something, I'm like, oh well, we'll just you know, I mean, pick a different yeah. color, pick. But um, yeah, we've grown from there, Mike. There's hope. <laughs> <laughs> so we play shoots and ladders with willow uh, a lot yeah. um i let her win which i don't advise to anyone but my wife Why? does not let her my wife does not let her win will not let her win <laughs> like if she, if she wins on yeah. her own that's fine like she'll let it go but nope I, I'm, I'm just soft <laughs> having two girls just made me soft there's yeah. no tough it's all mush do you guys remember last year how we would play that kid's matching game? That was so fun. <laughs> Cheryl, didn't you buy that? I did. And that was one give of it away as a prize gift? That was the one greatest. Because it was so fun. <laughs> it's a great game. Yeah. Excellent. Well, those are two awesome ones um, that I wish. I could, well, I can get outside, but I wish my kids were a little bit older. <laughs> All right, Cheryl, what about you? Um, I kind of have one for me and one for family. Perfect. Me, I'm a huge fan of fancy coffee drinks. (gasps) There is nothing more satisfying than like a sugar filled, (laughs) cream topped, delicious coffee. So, um, either do you do iced or hot in the winter? uh, 
you, you guys know I love iced coffee. So I do I do a little uh, bit of both. Cheryl's 30% iced coffee. Just so I, <laughs> I love iced coffee. <laughs> so I would either just go somewhere and treat myself to a fancy coffee or I just make one at home. Like I have a whipped cream and yeah. caramel drizzle that I yeah. just That's make myself awesome. a nice cup of coffee. Do you have one of those uh, little little milk frother things? I need one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going on the Christmas list. Christmas list. <laughs> right. Yes. So a nice. Carol needs a father. I do. <laughs> so a nice, good cup of coffee always cheers me up. And another thing is, you guys know I love to paint. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I will go and just create something on my own, or I'll bring my kids in and they just go to town. Mm-hmm. They absolutely, I just give them paintbrushes and of course lay down newspaper as much <laughs> as I can. And I have to tell you guys a story though. Um, my daughter, she's, she's almost, she's going to be four in a few weeks. I can't believe it, Aww. but um, she was off painting her own and my son is a year and a half. So I had him on my lap and he was painting. I turned my head for two seconds and I look, and his lips are blue. <laughs> his whole mouth is just full of, of paint. Oh, no. So he just took a, um, a paintbrush, and he just thought it looked oh, good. Oh, that's so cute. And Turned into a Smurf in two seconds. Right. <laughs> so like blue paint and green paint. Oh. You know, oh, it was so funny. But, yeah. Love to do love something to when she was little. Didn't she, like, drink paint water or something oh what did she do probably (laughs) she i had her oh yeah because she was she was about two and i had her paint and i documented like the stages so there was like the first stage it was you know the pretty paint palette and the blank piece of paper and i'm like yeah we're gonna paint it's gonna be so cute (laughs) then the second stage was her she had you know a couple paint splashes on her face a little bit on her arms I'm like okay not bad then the second and the third one is her whole arms are covered with paint and the whole table's covered with paint her face it was yeah kids with paint is always like photo opportunity madness so yeah, I love that. Yeah. I'm amazed Excellent. at what they can do. Like you said, you just turned your head for like two seconds. It's amazing what oh. babies and toddlers can accomplish in oh, such a yeah. short time. Eating blue paint. You, <laughs> I'll never forget when Willow was like, she had just turned, maybe she was real close to two and we just moved here. And I remember I said she was like not just climbing on the couch and things anymore. She was climbing like bookshelves and trying to do those things. And I'll never forget, I turned around to get something out of the fridge, and I turned back around, and she's standing on the back of the couch, no hands. Uh, her hands are up <laughs> in the air. And she's like, Daddy, catch me. And at this point, she's already in the air, and I had to do, like, this acrobatic, like, jump from the kitchen to catch her. And, like, um, it was like, it, it felt like sec- like seconds. Like, yes. I was in the fridge one, two, three, turned around. Daddy, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> So, yeah, two seconds with a toddler is detrimental. Oh, <laughs> can be detrimental. Can yeah, be you death. can't let your guard down, for no. sure. Can't let your guard down. Blink. <laughs> oh. All right, Melissa, you're up. Uh, well, Melpi already kind of talked about one, but 
our listeners all kind of know that I have a bazillion animals. So I have to go outside every day, multiple times a day. So that always <laughs> helps make me go outside because then I feel bad when they're, especially when my horse is real mad that it's like <laughs> eight o'clock and he's like, you haven't fed me yet. But I hate putting on coats, and that's like ninety percent of the problem of going outside. If, if there were, coats. if she could stay warm, like I said, no coats, she'd be good too. Right. <laughs> coats and shoes. Like if I could just wear flip flops and I don't have to put anything else on my body, I am happy and good to go. Were you one so, of those college kids that just rolled around in flip flops all? Year? What you went in Florida, so never mind. You did. So yes, so yes, I did. I yeah, I lived in Florida. It was a plan. School. It was a plan. 273 <laughs> days of sunshine. <laughs> Not bitter at all. Um, in high school, actually, I was on swim team and so was Cheryl. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I remember my mom would have this rule that I couldn't wear sandals in the winter. So I would wear tennis shoes out of the house and then just change into sandals by the time I got to school and <laughs> walk through the snow in sandals. So You're insane. Sandals are life. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you, tying shoes is just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> or Melissa still wears Velcro shoes and doesn't know how to tie her shoes. I just bought two pairs of slip-on shoes. So. Yes. <laughs> and they're actually amazing. Um, my other thing that we like to do that we don't get to do this year is to go away. So we don't have to deal. <laughs> You don't have to deal with it. You go to somewhere (laughs) sunny and warm and you just pretend the winter abyss does not exist anymore. Just deny it. And that's helpful. Just just deny it. I I like it. Yes. (laughs) Everybody's getting on board. Melissa's like over here like, yes. I like it. We got them now. I could get on board with this. And I could get on board with Cheryl's coffee as well. Yeah. All right, so coffee in an airplane. Ooh, yes. <laughs> in an airplane going to somewhere warm. I was gonna say, yes, yes. West <laughs> Those or three south. things in a in a cycle. All right, so um mine aren't as cool as theirs. So hope everybody's impressed. <laughs> you sell it so well. I know. You wanna know what I do in the winter? Take a guess. You go outside. <laughs> Cheryl got it. Yeah. <laughs> I bird a lot. There's so yeah. many waterfowl that can get close to you. Um, I do a lot of owling because um, they're easier to find in the wintertime. Um, and I also love doing that. That's one thing I do. Um, a family thing that I do, um, we in my family, um, so I I love building like snowmen and making snowballs and like playing outside. So... <laughs> With when it's rainy and mucky, we've kind of um, changed it. We just take like a little, um, I don't know what you call them. They're those little like gray tote buckets. Um, like when you think of like a, when you're, if you're yeah. over a dishwasher or something, and we just fill it with mud. <laughs> and nice. then we let Willow, and well, we will this year let Rowan make like mud pies out of those. Um, <laughs> we let it warm up inside a little bit first. But yeah, because they need like some outside dirt. So not just dirt, soil, and other things too, but uh, they need to play and do outside things. So that's one way that we do it uh, with our children. But there are tons of other things you can do. Um, like I said, mine weren't as impressive as your guys's. One day I will play board games with my children <laughs> um, and not let them win. But there are tons of other things that you guys can do. And I came up with a pretty cool list. Um, 
So this one was wildly impressive, and I'm going to share it with Cheryl so we can share it on Facebook. It's really cool. You can make a frozen, like, um, what do they call it? A frozen sun catcher. So what wow. you do is you take a Frisbee. Like, this is what they did on the thing I saw. So you take a Frisbee, and then you take, like, pine needles, fallen leaves, twigs, and sticks, and you put it in the, the Frisbee, and then you fill it with water. And then you drill a hole through it after it freezes, and then you hang it up. And, like, they bring in the sun, and they slowly drip down. It looks so wildly Ooh. cool. I'm going to have to share it with so you. So, like, you pop it out of the Frisbee yeah. somehow mm -hmm. after. Oh, that yeah. sounds cool. It does sound cool. I'm trying to picture how I could pop that out without and breaking like it. And, like, another, like, addition to it is, like, gathering the material would obviously take some time, and you'd mm -hmm. have to be outside to do so. So that was one really cool thing. Um <laughs> I remember last year when Amy, when we had those like sub-zero temperatures and she wanted to boil that water <laughs> and see oh, it turn yeah. into snow. <laughs> That's a cool one. You can, you can do frozen bubbles too. I remember how excited she was like when we came in and we're like, what is she doing? She's, she's, she's boiling water. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, and she did it multiple times. Like, like she it was like 10 excited. times. Yeah. She wanted everyone to see. It was yes, great. It was so fun. And we did bubbles too. We did do, we did bubbles. do bubbles. I forgot. The bubbles were fun. It worked. Yeah. 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 Those um, were harder though. Yeah. If you garden or anything like that, this is the best time to plant your onions. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. What? So, yeah, you can plant your onions like in January. That's cool. January, February. I have to start gardening already. Oh yeah, it's always going. <laughs> yeah. We're buying a deep freezer this year. I just filled up my fourth deep freezer. I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, something's going to come back to birding. You can waterfowl ID because we live here on the bay and on the lake. There's tons of birds. And the best part is, is if you really hate the cold, you don't even have to get out of your car. That's my favorite part about winter birding. <laughs> <laughs> and you can do the same thing with bald eagles. So bald eagles are really starting to either build nests or reinforce nests, setting up territories now. Um, so now is a good time to go out and spot some bald eagles while they're doing some nesting activity. And you can do that from your car too because mm -hmm. we're starting to see a lot more bald eagles nests than I've, since I've been here for two years, I've seen way more pop up in the last few years. We have one at Eagle Point, which is active. I saw bald eagles on that the other day. And then the Wyandotte one was active too. So... That's an easy cool. thing to do. Animal tracking. You can do it in the mud or in the snow. Mm -hmm. So mud also. Everybody's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> in the no, snow. actually, I like doing that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think tracking in the snow is harder, especially if you don't get out there right away. And the, yeah, the tracks have like already been like, or, snowed over. Yep. I had somebody send me tracks the other day, and they look like, like seas. <laughs> it could be anything that's like terrible when you're in, when you're a naturalist or in our profession is in mine melissa and cheryl's if you have friends who know what you do then they start to send you like these terrible pictures of what is this it's just like a blur on a screen and you're like i have no idea like, or you get this try i'll try but i have no get, idea or you get my husband and now when he has access to mike or mel b i'm not sure if he knows cheryl yet but it, <laughs> If once he does, you will get his questions. But he takes good pictures. Though. He does. He knows what I need to be able to help him. When he so there were two things. Number one, he sends me like, I'm a mother. 
I'm going to get that to be a verb too. So don't you guys worry. <laughs> so, uh, so I look for moths pretty much all the time, except for when it's cold. Um, and her husband actually sent me one and like it, I was like, I'm putting this one in my bank for Imperial moths. Like <laughs> put it in my little picture file and it's going right in there. Cause it was a good shot. And then the one that I was wildly impressed with, he got a picture of an American woodcock, which is a bird. And it's better picture than like, I don't know how, first off, I, I know Tony doesn't have a big lens camera. No. He told me. And when I asked him, I was like, what kind of camera are you using to take his picture? I don't know how he got this close to this bird. But he's like, oh, it just kind of sat there. I was like, I, like I'm talking like quality picture. You wow. could use like on the internet, like it could win a photo contest. It was that nice. Because nice. like as soon as I looked <laughs> oh. at it, I'm like, oh, I know what that is. But it was a good picture. I was impressed, wildly impressed. So, yes, he is. He is always looking. Like we've got our binoculars on the book on our bookcase, and has always grabbing them. You oh. know, to look because we live out in the country and we have a lot of acres and. <laughs> I know so much about their property based on the pictures that Tony sent me. Yes, yes. I, I know that they have a barred owl in their backyard. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It's um, lots of fun. You can do another thing that you can even stay inside on this one is you can set up a feeder in your backyard. Yeah. Bird feeders mm -hmm. in your backyard are an excellent way. And if you get a rare bird, you better call me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Just He's kidding. looking at me when he says, I'll drive you Um Like you can listen for owls. You can go on a winter hike. You can learn to ID winter trees. Yes. Very difficult. Shit, look how happy Shells has got. Cheryl loves that. <laughs> so, which if you've ever tackled trees as a whole, it can be overwhelming because there's a lot to know. Um, but winter trees, yeah. That's some work right there. But I it's fun. I have like trauma from the first winter tree idea I had to do. I had just started at the park. I went to school in Florida, not here. I both palm tree. Naturalist <laughs> had left and one of them had planned a winter tree ID. I had no idea how to winter tree ID. So I got Brad, one of our natural resource people, and he went and cut all of these tree limbs for me. He labeled all of them. Oh. It, my house looked like you would have been studying for an exam because I studied for like a whole week. And then Brad came to the program with me to help and nobody showed up. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. I know it was awful. <laughs> All that so prep. Sentence, I just go, Cheryl knows them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's a few times I've definitely been like, Cheryl, what is that? What is this? They're so know. hard. And you think that yeah. you get it, and then you look at all of them, and you go, I don't know. Right. <laughs> They're so tricky. Yeah. The only reason I was forced into tree ID was because of maple sugaring. So I had to be yeah. able to ID the maples. Yeah. Like, to differentiate them in the winter, because then right. I can't do it based on leaves. And bark... You can usually do, but can be unpredictable sometimes, right. but you want to be sure. So, so yeah, that's how I had to trial by fire too. Not as much of fire as you had to do, but, um, <laughs> so, um, oh, here's my favorite and we're getting real close to that season. It's about to be maple sugaring time. Everyone. You're so excited. <laughs> oh man. We just built the sugar shack. Stuff's about to get real. <laughs> so, 
maple sugaring, which obviously we'll have a completely different episode for this, but it's a really fun process. And it's basically the process of how you extract the sap from the trees and refine it down to maple syrup, which I actually convinced, I didn't really convince, I didn't need convincing, but he saw it one time and then decided he was going to do it. But Melissa Price's husband actually did it the yes. first year I did it here yes. at the my, park. My husband, if he wasn't a mechanic for 30 years would be working here. He just <laughs> loves everything we do. Every, everything. Uh, he's he our big, tra- biggest fan on Facebook. He, is. Woo, woo. He, is. <laughs> he keeps asking, where's his plaque? I'm like, we don't give out plaques for that. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get it. We got to make him, him something. We got to give him something. We got to make him a t-shirt. It was delicious. I mean, truly, you know, and the it, syrup that came from that was absolutely mm-hmm. delicious. I don't want to give away too much, but... You can actually taste the difference between, because the first year I did it here, I did it wood-fired completely. And Melissa's husband had did it via propane. And you could taste the difference between those two. So that was pretty cool to see. Didn't we have a taste? Yeah, we We had some type of contest. And some people, and that's, it's a preference thing. Like some people like light, some people like dark. And it, I don't, like I said, I can't give away too much. (laughs) All right. So we hope that you guys can stay active throughout the, the winter and, um, you know, find something that makes you happy, pick up a new hobby, even if it's inside, outside. I want you guys to stay happy, healthy. There is one other thing that you can do. Um, you can tell your friends to listen to the podcast because yeah. there's always funny things going on here. Yeah. Oh, sure. get yourself. You never know yeah. what's going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Melissa, we always end with a weird or funny um, news article. But this, this right here is the Mecca. This is the best <laughs> news article I have found so far. So usually what I do is I we got to kick off the, the news article thing. So it's news article time. <laughs> All right. So and then I read it and then I, I base my next move off of your guys' facial reactions. <laughs> but I can't see your two's facial reactions because we're masked. Yeah. So I'll be able to pick it up, though, because are you ready? Ready. I'm ready. <laughs> My ear infection turned out to be a tick, Ugh. and I contracted typhus from it. Why? Oh. <laughs> First of all, this is the second animal in an ear So article? <laughs> Something everyone needs to know Why? about me. I have many um, hobbies and things that I like, including insects and spiders. Ticks are technically arachnids, um, not a spider. But they're arachnids, so they're related to spiders. And I also own a tick jar. Yes. <laughs> a tick jar. <laughs> so whenever I find a tick attached to myself or um, on me climbing up my leg, I take it in, in the spring and summer and fall. I carry this jar around and deposit said ticks into jar. I mean, is that just gross to me because I'm not a naturalist? Or do you oh, guys also gross. think that's When gross? I told them, I thought... <laughs> When I started here, my comfort level was like not good because I didn't know anybody. Um, usually everywhere else I've had a job, I know people a little bit. So I was like, all right, we're going to feel them out. And then Becky comes over to my desk and she's like, Becky's the old program coordinator. I don't remember her title, but she goes, what is that on your desk? It's like, what? She's like, that jar, what bugs in there? I was like, oh, well, it's not a bug. <laughs> First off, I was like, they're, t- they're ticks. She's like, what? I'm like, they're ticks. She turns around to Cheryl Melissa goes, you see this? He's got a tick jar. That's gross. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I no longer feel comfortable here. 
I'm going to go. We are very welcoming. Well, because their facial reactions were like, okay. If I weren't a naturalist, it probably would be real weird. (laughs) So I think that helps me uh, a little bit (laughs) to, to make it through most of my weird habits but uh if you guys saw the bug collection that's going on in our basement (laughs) (laughs) rachel hates it she hates insects so bad like crickets all that stuff like it's just not her not her deal but my daughter is actually starting to love them so yay i hope she grows up to be an entomologist it would make my my whole year (laughs) 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 whenever that is all right so so what happened is is this woman uh, kept going to the doctors to get checked out. So they looked in her ear and they're like, oh, it's red and swollen. So we're just going to assume that it is oh. an ear infection. We're going to treat it like one. Yeah. So what they did was treated it. She did it. It went down a little bit, stopped the antibiotic. Well, she finished her antibiotic and then came back to it. And then it came up again. She couldn't hear. Um, and then like a couple times there was blood in her ear and she was like, oh, it's oh. not good if you're, you're, eardrum bust well they looked in they're like well it's not busted but it's still red in there we're gonna so she went through this like three times and eventually she went to a specialist and uh, the specialist is like there's something in there yeah because like at one point i guess it the tick had grown so big that it blocked her hearing and her ear canal completely because you've seen them when they get real big they look like little grapes that's so gross (laughs) for me it's not (laughs) gross but i can see melissa's face (laughs) <laughs> and Cheryl is just like, oh, I, I can't, can't do this. Oh, this is, oh. So basically it's a grape in her ear. Oh. <laughs> so what they had to do was stick a pin in there, pop it, because you can't just pull that bad boy out. So I'll they popped it. Her ear canal. Right. Like Well, you think about a tick, they're they're really tiny. He got in there. And then he grew. Yeah, he started to grow. And then so they got it out, but then she wound up having another infection which was from the tick being in there for so long so go if you well make sure your ear infections an ear infection everyone (laughs) (laughs) but honestly here's the thing is our ticks here this was an australian article so this happened in australia Uh, what happens is is when you not a lot of people know this with ticks um dog ticks which are our most common tick you get around here, which you'll find literally find them on your dog. Um, they usually tend to go um, up towards your head. So this species I'm assuming was like one of those. So you'll find uh-huh. it like behind your ear, in your hair. Um, I found them like in my armpits, near uh-huh. my chest area. But <laughs> other <Healthy> species <laughs> like the dog tick, the one that can cause Lyme's disease stays low. So it'll go in like the creases behind your legs or in your like back area. It'll stay like lower or in your belt line, like where your pants are, because they like to be kind of compressed to where they think they can't be found. So I'm assuming this was one of those that climbed up in there and was like, well, behind the ears, not good enough. I'm going in. Going in. (laughs) Gross. Gross. Melissa, you've been oddly silent. (laughs) Like. Usually you have a thousand questions. You're like, how, why, when, what, where, who, say that again. Nothing. Just awful. (laughs) So make sure you check for ticks. Right. Not all ticks are bad. I mean, they are a parasite, but just look for them. All ticks are bad. Look for them. All of them. Mm -hmm. Well, they're necessary. Part of the ecosystem. Are they? Yeah. They're okay if they're not on me. (laughs) 
I don't know if they are necessary. There, there are two new species in Ohio now. I told you guys that earlier this year. Yeah, but that's not a good thing. Not, no, it's not. It's directly related to climate Tell change. Tell me, okay, so if you think that they are necessary, what are they necessary? Well, other things eat them. And there's lots of other bugs. <laughs> For now. There's nothing that, like, that's their main diet. No, but they still eat them. They don't eat enough of them then. Well, when they have plenty of habitat to reproduce, it makes it a little easier for them to survive. Yeah. If you get them off, they're fine. You just got to check. Like, I honestly, like, spring to fall, I I check every single day very detailedly because I'm out a lot. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm at risk of obviously getting bit and then there are certain places i know where i'm going to go and i'm gonna be like well i'm gonna be covered in ticks when i leave here yeah there's countless times i've been sitting here in the office and i've been like oh there's another one and you guys are like (laughs) great into the tick (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right well we finished our gross article and that's all we have for this episode thank you melissa for joining us today and we really appreciate it That thing always takes super long. It runs for like 20 seconds sometimes. <laughs> My mic has been doing something ridiculous the whole time too. So anyway, all right, everybody. I hope you guys had a good little chat with us. I hope you guys can combat the winter blues and have a good one. Bye. Bye. Happy winter.